0: Welcome to the Valley View podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and his plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that he has in store. Um, So today, we're going to be talking, we're doing little things a little different. Um, We're going to be talking about what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Like, He has given us spiritual gifts. Like, what are these spiritual gifts? We want to walk in unity. This is all, all of this has come from way back in January, way back before January. We talked about the unity in the body, togetherness, where we talked about, like, how is our church doing, the condition of our church. We want to know what we're strong at, what we're doing great at, we're—you know, where are we lacking in a little bit? Like where do we need Holy Spirit to move in us? Um, and it all comes from that place of John 17 where we are asking to be, because it's his prayer, it's his desire. Um, we've been saying yes to God these past six months to his heart because we long to be one as he and the Father and Holy Spirit are one. Our Holy, uh, Holy Spirit, our Heavenly Father wants to bring us together. This is just a prayer. I love this passage of scripture just because it's a, it's a, it's a peek in on Jesus' relationship. It's Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father all connecting together. It's a peek into his prayer life. Because you can imagine, this is what he's doing in the throne room. He's still interceding, right? So I have given them your word. And this is that he's talking about the disciples. Um, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world, not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is that none of you Let's see here. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. And this is where we get partnered into this. Oh, does anybody need notes? There, yeah. My prayer is not for them alone. This is us. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you've sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. He's just trying to hammer it. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought into complete unity then the world will know that you've sent me and you've loved me and loved them even as you have loved me. Man, it's evidence. It's so important that we say yes to God's heart because, yeah, we could say yes to what we want. We could be in agreement on our heart, our desires. I mean, you've seen that. You see people get pretty rallied upon their, their agreement thing. But this is Jesus saying, I want them to be together, unified in what? He's talked about being sanctified in truth. He's talking about having Holy Spirit. He said the one that's been given. Um, I'm trying to look about the fact, find that verse there. But he wants it. He wants us to be unified. We are His beautiful body. We are beautiful when we come together. When we love one another, is this something that we long to be? Do we want to be a body that looks like Jesus? Hold on. I'm one hundred percent on this one because otherwise we can't move forward. Do we want to look like Jesus' body? Yes. yes. Okay, good. Praise God. Because when you read that passage, does this, your heart say, yes, God, I want that. I want to be one as you and the Father are one. I want to know your heart just as Jesus is knowing your heart. I want that. I want that connection. I want that community. I want to look like 1 Corinthians 12, just as the body Sorry, here, all right, there we go. Just as the body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Have you ever done like an anatomy class, like we all the little parts and you get into the, the muscles and the tendons and then you start realizing, why do they have so many names? No, because they, they have so many parts. There's so many little things. I always still remember my dad would say, my phalanges. I mean, he was trying to teach us. He's a doctor, so he could do that. Um, he would always try to teach us little things and I don't remember any of them. Um, I remember phalanges though. Um, so that's one thing I've got on my head. Um, let's see here. Now, the, the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would, not be, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Did you get that? If you're jealous of a part, you're like, I wish I was this, I'm not this. It doesn't mean you're not part of the body. It just means you're kind of missing out on your whole function. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I, I do not belong to the body. No, I'm sorry, you belong to the body. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. You're important. If the whole body were an eye, guess what? Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. That verse should build you up right there. He puts you exactly where you want he wanted you to be. Is he perfect or is he not perfect? He's perfect. Hold on. Are we, is he perfect? Yeah. Oh, he's perfect. Okay. So either he's wrong or we're wrong, right? Okay. So I'm wrong. All right. <laughs> so if you ever have a wrestle against that, you're like, okay, God, what did you create me to be? And he shows you it's right. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. That's ridiculous. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, weaker are indispensable. Indispensable. You're so needed. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. I love that. Like just, all the you just start thinking about, like God, what does that mean in the spirit? Like when we just think of our the unpresentable like with modesty. Well, our presentable parts, guess what? They don't need no special treatment. We don't need it. They don't need it. No special treatment for those parts, the presentable parts. But God, guess what? He's put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. He's given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division of the body. That's his desire. That's his want. He doesn't want any division of the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other not for some parts, not for the parts that are presentable, but for every part that we'd have equal concern for each other because if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. It's each part, man, praise God. I think he goes, uh, well, we can go, we'll read this a little bit more, but he's, he's showing this here. And God has placed in the church what? First of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, the miracles, gifts, healing, helping, guidance, different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No, that's okay. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Not saying you can't have these gifts, by the way not saying that you can't. I'm saying, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way, which is the way of love. He's trying to say each part is necessary, but if you don't ha- operate in the first gift, which is the greatest, the greatest thing, the most excellent way, which is the way of love, it doesn't matter. But he's not, also, he's not discrediting the gifts. I think some of us are like, well, you know, just because he said love, I don't need to worry about my gifts. Like, no. It's both. It's out of this. First Corinthians thirteen. If you've missed it, if you don't have love, then the gifts don't matter. But the same way it goes, like, man, praise God, He has given us gifts to build each other up. Each part is important. Each gift is unique. Each part is building up one another. Each part fitting perfectly to build a perfect and beautiful and functioning body. Now, I've got a little point here, like spiritual gifts are not natural abilities or talents or special skills. We have natural abilities that we've learned from those around us, or regardless, uh, you know, regardless of our Christian faith. We have skills, right? And it's not a title or job. I just want you to know that. It's not a title or job. So yeah, you're a teacher, but does that mean you have to have the qualifications, the, the, the degree, and then you have to have the job position? Now, are those helpful? Yes. Is that an opportunity and a resource? But if you have a teacher's heart, you can teach wherever you go. You can teach you have to give a gift of helps, so you can help in whatever. If you have the gift of admin, you can help wherever. Praise God for those who have the gift of admin, because I need that. <laughs> those are just so important on the, the, the ones that don't get the glory, you only know when they are failing, right? Because otherwise everything's going great. But when it's failing, admin's failing, you're like, what is happening here? Now, spiritual gifts are often lead to titles or positions, but a person may have the gift without the role or the role without the gift. Regardless, we should serve whenever we are given the opportunity. Working in the area of your gifting will allow you to be the person that God has called you to be rather than just doing good things. And it's not earned. Spiritual gifts are not earned. Spiritual gifts are endowments given by God to his people for accomplishing his purpose on earth. Spiritual gifts are given by God for the glory of God. It's not for ourselves. It's for him. Man, some of us, though, you see it. Praise God! I'm like Lord, help those who are not, not getting that right. So you're you're asking God. So we when we ask God. So I want to talk about gifts. Do you know what gifts are? Are they earned like Christmas time? Did you earn a good gift? Now we have the Christmas mentality and the the the, the what's it called? The coal and the and then Santa's good list and that that's a world is that's a worldly thing, but God's gifts aren't the same way. When we ask, He gives. When we ask. He is faithful yeah and uh see here so i'm gonna write i'm just gonna read through i'm just trying to get through my notes here but what are these gifts okay we're going to be talking about some like the general idea and then we're gonna get more specific okay these gifts as you look through the word you will see that they're different kind of gifts um, that god has given us or offered us through the whole, his holy spirit he is willing to give some of us have multiple some of us has, have one be faithful in the little so there's different kinds of gifts. There's motivational gifts. You see, um, in 1 Corinthians 12:4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. What are motivational gifts? It's how God works in a believer to shape his perspective on life and motivate his words and actions. You think about like, um, let's see Romans 12:3:8, this is a good example here. For by the grace Given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith, if it's serving, then serve it. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Now, these all build us up. This is motivational. This encourages life. Have you gotten a prophetic word before? Who's gotten a prophetic word before? Man, how did you feel? Wait, hold on. Raise up your hands. We'll look around. This is cool. But some of us haven't. Lord, I want you guys to get them, because let me tell you what I was the biggest skeptic when I got mine. So, but I realized what was it like? If you could just like shout out, like what was something that you felt when you got your prophetic word? They read my mail. Read your mail. What else? That's good. Like what do you So like read, reading your mail, like exactly what was going on in your life? Exactly, you were seen. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Focused. No, but it gives you it gives you a, a, a direction. Like, okay, Lord, I never thought about. I've been kind of almost ignoring this idea. Like, it's scary to me, or I don't know. Like, just it's on the peripheral. Be like, okay, but just bringing it into focus. That's cool. Anything else? Mm, Show sure you to have more mercy. Show you have more mercy man, that's good. No, but it's, so I remember my first prophetic word. It was just one of those things. My biggest concern was for some of my, my younger brother. I love my younger brother, but when I left, you know, from Ohio to Kansas city, I was one of the things I was worried about. like, I just love him. I wanted to be a good influence on his life. He was younger. He was gonna be the only boy. Praise God. Bless him for surviving that long. And a house full of girls. I don't know how he survived. (laughs) I mean, I have nine sisters, and there was, at that point, there was like six or seven still there. So bless David and all that he's endured. Oh, Lord, help him. But that was my concern. I was like, that was in my head. I never vocalized it to anybody else. I didn't really say that out loud, but it was in my heart. It was in my mind. And so when I was like, Michelle's like, hey, we should do this, like, you know, go to the prophecy. I'm like, okay, I'll do it, whatever. Like, that'll be good. I'm like, uh-huh, sure. That'd be great, and then I sat in there, and I'm just listening, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just because there's like three other people getting a prophetic word, and I'm listening, I'm trying to make sure, I'm like, okay, is this a bunch of jargon, like a bunch of, ooh, like you know, like the you know, just basic kind of stuff that could really not nail anybody, and I'm like, oh, that's nice, that was a nice word, oh, that was a nice word, and then it got to me, and I'm like, and it was the three biggest things I was so concerned about, and it was God saying. I'm okay. I've got it. I know you're worried about this, but I've got this. And so I was seen. He's like, just be here. Don't feel bad. Be present. I've got it. Now, it doesn't mean don't talk to your brother. Please talk to your brother. (laughs) But it was encouraging. He's like, if you're worried, how much more am I worried about it? Yet I can do something with it. So it was just such an encouragement word. It hit me exactly where I needed to be. It read my mail. I was like, okay, God, I see you. I felt encouraged. I felt built up. And I felt like a focus. I could feel like I could be there without feeling guilty. It gave me permission to walk into the next thing. So God really wants us. That's for building. If it's to teach, showing mercy, that builds us up. These things, praise God for these things. Man, if you encourage. So it motivates us to keep on going and not to get discouraged because shame drowns us too much. The shame presses us down and crushes us. It gets us fear, gives us this bad perspective of who God is. If you ever want to like read the parable of the talents, that's what happened. It was a bad perspective of who God was, which is why the guy buried his talents. It was fear of this guy that he didn't understand or trust. We want to trust him. We want to trust that he's got the best for us. So we need to actually sow our gifts, our talents, the things that have been put into us. We want to sow into it. Okay, so there's, there's motivational gifts and there's ministry gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 5, it says, there are different kinds of service but the same God. We minister to one another. What are ministry gifts? It's how God works with what a believer does to serve and meet the needs of others. We serve and meet one another. We come in. <laughs> God gave him. it talks about in Ephesians four, eleven through thirteen. He gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and pre- teachers to equip his people for works of service. That's what we're called to do—to serve the body, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's what he desires. He wants the fullness. So that man. This puts a weightiness on my position and the position of leadership here in the church. It puts a weightiness, but praise God, God is going to be faithful to do it if we lean on him. But that's my desire to say, I want to equip you to not just go, come back to me. I'm equipping you to serve and to go to the source. I'm teaching you where the water's at. I'm not going to be your water source. Sorry, I'm going to disappoint you 100% of the time. I'm going to tell you, go to the source, go to Holy Spirit. He is in you. I'm going to train you to learn and to operate in the service that God has for you and to build one another up. This is a passage that speaks to the importance of not neglecting the gift that God has given us. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 through 19. I'm just going to read it. I might skip a few verses. I'll just read the whole thing. By the time I get through it. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Some such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared with a hot, as with a hot iron. Let me read here. Sorry. They forbid people to marry. and There's a bunch of things they, they, they do. They lie, which God created. They're just the liars. Okay, I'm going to skip on. For everything God created is good and is nothing to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated by the word of God in prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nursed on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. And this uh, here, do not neglect your gift, which was given through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Man, that's a calling. Don't neglect your gift. Be diligent in these manners. Give yourself wholly to them. Not partly, not just on the side. It's not a side pet project, okay? It's wholly to them so everyone may see your progress watch your life and doctrine closely persevere in them because if you do you will save both yourself and your hearers this is your if you were looking for a passage to pray for me pray this pray that god would not let from one thing not my neglect my gift because i could do that i could be really just a pastor that pastors and does the things that things sound good but i want us all to say to say yes to this thing like no lord I'm not going to neglect my gift. You gave it to me. When we pray for each other, we're going to pray for each other today. We're going to pray and have a, have a moment to say, God, what do you have for me? And when you get that gift, when you receive it, and when you understand who he's, who's given it to you, don't neglect it. Give yourself wholly to it. Man, watch your life and doctrine closely. And then, okay, so there's so this is the third point. We're here already there. Motivational. There's motivational, right? There's ministry. And the last point is there's manifestation gifts, right? First Corinthians 12, 6. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. That's 1 uh, Corinthians 12, 6. And it continues on 7 through 11. Now to each of the one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, and to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, until still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Now, how do we receive these gifts? Do you guys know? Well, first of all, if you've accepted the Lord Jesus as the Lord of your life, that's step one. Giving him lordship, wanting what he wants, saying, God, you are the Lord. You are the only And then you learn about it. You go through the Word and say, okay, I see this here. Because we're reading the Word. Before, it was just Holy Spirit did. We didn't know. We're like, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm seeing this in the Word. I want this. I don't know if this is for me or if you have something better for me. But I'm seeing this. I'm drawn to it. I want it. And then you ask the Lord to give you the spiritual gifts. Is that simple? It's pretty simple. Seems like it's not simple, but it is. But sometimes we forget to ask. I love how Matthew 8, 13, Jesus is talking to that centurion. He's got, he's, you know, if you've heard about that story where the centurion understands the authority that Jesus has, he's like, I know if you say go, my soldiers are going to go there. If I say my soldiers go do this, they'll do that. I know what they're going to do. I know, I, I recognize and I understand authority. You have authority. And so Jesus said to this centurion, go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment. We want that. We want these gifts. So I'm going to read through these gifts and just... There's a bunch of them. If you didn't read your paper ahead of time, you're going to see that there's quite a few. We didn't get to Z, but we got close. There's the gift of administration, which is the gift that's a divine strength or ability to organize multiple tasks and groups of people and accomplish these areas. I want you, for a second, just pray while you... Read through these things. Pray while you listen while I read these things over you. It's the gift of administration. It's a divine strength. I'm going to send this in detail, by the way, in an email. I just didn't want this in the notes. Um, I want you to highlight one. Or like, if you feel like God's something, something, like just circle one. Or whatever you want to write. Like, God, yes, please, this. There's the gift of apostleship. It's the divine strength or ability to pioneer churches or ministries through planting, overseeing, and training. There's a gift of craftsmanship. We've seen that in the Old Testament to now. It's that a divine strength or ability to plan, to build, and to work with your hands in construction environments, uh, to accomplish, multiply, ministry, applications. Um, I mean, I can tell you, Jim, you probably do have the gift of craftsmanship because you work, everything you do is with excellence, but it's not just because you like to do it, because God gave you that gift and you give it back. Anyway, I'm just speaking that into you. <laughs> discernment. The gift of discernment is the divine strength or ability to spiritually identify falsehood, to distinguish between right and wrong motives and situations. By the way, that's in the lens of love, right? Okay, just want to make sure. I have the, sometimes the gift of discernment, but that doesn't give me permission to say, I discern that you're a jerk. <laughs> you know, like, I see this in you. It's just so I can see, and then I ask Holy Spirit what he sees, and then speak what he speaks, so evangelism. The gift of evangelism is the divine strength or ability to help non-Christians take the necessary steps to become a born-again Christian. Now, we're all called to all things. I'm just saying, I'm not negating that we're not called to discipleship. Notice that discipleship is not a gift. It is a command, okay? I just want to make sure that's understood. Exhortation. The gift of exhortation is the divine strength or ability to encourage others through the written or spoken word and biblical truth. Faith is the divine strength or ability to believe in God for unseen supernatural results in every arena of life. He bestows us the gift, the levels of faith. He says that. And you can look through these passages. Do a Bible study on this. Go through it. When you get highlight one, start reading up on it. Start learning about it. The gift of giving is the divine strength or ability to produce wealth and give generous offerings in addition to tithes for the purpose of advancing the kingdom of God on earth. Now, we're all called to be generous, right? But some people have the divine ability to have be extra giving. The, so it doesn't so you're not off the hook for giving, okay? I just want to make sure. We're all called to give and to be generous. But God gives some of us even an increased measure to challenge some of the other people to really. Michelle's a giver. She challenges me. I don't like to give. I'm very stingy. So this is my flesh speaking, but my heart says, man, you challenged me to give, to find ways to be generous. It's that gift that you have, that extra heart, compassionate heart. So I'm just saying like people have that and inspires us. It it builds the body up, right? And healing, the gift of healing, the ability to act as an intermediary in faith, prayer, and by the laying on of hands for the healing of physical or mental illnesses, the gift of helps is the divine strength or ability to work in a supportive role for the accomplishment of tasks in Christian ministry. Hospitality is the divine strength or ability to create warm, welcoming environments. You know those people, they have that gift, right? Just, just you know those people. I know those people. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a few people that, are, that probably have that gift and like, praise God. But they have welcoming environments to other place, for others in places such as your home, office, or church intercession. Oh, this is a beautiful one. It's the divine strength or ability to stand in the gap in prayer for someone, something, or some place, believing for profound results. Knowledge, to bring clarity and understanding situations, Uh, circumstances, often accompanied by a word from God, a word of knowledge. You've heard of those things. Leadership, is the ability or divine strength to influence people at their level while directing and focusing them on the big picture vision or idea. Mercy. The gift of mercy is the divine strength or ability to feel empathy and to care for those who are hurting in any way. Praise God for those people because sometimes if you want a shoulder to cry on, it might not be mine. Some, Some people's like yeah, my shoulder's not good for that. I don't have that gift. Like, oh, praise God for those who have the gift of mercy. And I want, I keep asking for that increased measure, having that gift of mercy. By the way, these are all accessible, right? I just want to make sure you understand this. this is all accessible through one person. The Holy Spirit, the gift of miracles, the divine strength, their ability to alter the natural outcomes of life in a supernatural way through prayer, faith, and divine direction missionary. The ability or divine strength to reach others outside of your culture, your nationality, while in the most cases living in that culture or nation. That doesn't mean you need to go to a third world nation, right? But if somebody's outside of your culture, say, you know, you know your neighborhood, it might not be a part of your home culture, but that is a culture that's different than yours. Wherever God's leading you, you could be a missionary wherever your feet are, wherever you are but God could give you that, that divine inspiration to go for it. Worship, music. Uh, music and worship, it's a divine strength to sing, to dance, and play an instrument primarily for the purpose of helping others worship God, to inspire, to introduce to the throne room. Pastor, shepherd. It's that the divine ability or strength to care for the personal needs of others by nurturing and mending life issues. Prophecy. We're getting there. Are you getting excited about any of these? Are you excited like God's given you a few? You're like, all right, Lord, now I'm waiting. Prophecy is the divine strength or ability to boldly speak and bring clarity to scriptural and doctrinal truth, and in some cases, foretelling God's plan. Speaking promises that are not yet, that means you still have to step out. You can get a prophetic word, but if you're totally ignoring that word, it could fall flat. So but God gives you promises, but you have to step out and say, okay, God. How am I called to be in operation? If you want a book about that, that Graham Cook, we were just actually, me and uh, Lisa were just talking about Graham Cook. Man, such a good book about prophecy, what it is and what it isn't and how to walk in that. The gift of service is the divine ability or strength to do small or great tasks in working for the overall good of the body of Christ. Teaching is the divine strength, ability to study, to learn the scriptures, primarily to bring understanding and depth to each to other Christians. Tongues and interpretation. The gift of tongues is the divine strength or ability to pray in a heavenly language to encourage your spirit and to commune with God. The gift of tongues is often accompanied by interpretation and should be used appropriately, as you see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. And then there's wisdom. The gift of wisdom is the divine strength or ability to apply the truths of Scripture in a practical way, producing the fruitful outcome and character of Jesus Christ.